Hello, my friends, this is Andy Falco Jimenez coming to you live from Yorba Linda, California. And I just realized I have the same shirt on as I did in my intro. <laughs> hey, um, I'm back live on the social medias. I got suspended for talking about fentanyl and uh, that it came from China. I think that I think it's the part that it came from China is the part that got me suspended. Apparently, the tyrants over at Facebook um, um, I appear to be. Um, more in line with Chinese communist, the Chinese Communist Party than the United States of America and the Constitution and the uh, Second Amendment or First Amendment, sorry, and the Second Amendment. Um, and so, uh, but I'm back. Uh, I don't know that I'll last that long after this show because uh, we need to talk about what happened at the school board meeting on uh, Tuesday, December 13th. And I'm going to be taking you through um, some speeches and uh, and then the um, statement made by the superintendent, Dr. Matthews, who needs to resign immediately um, and move on. He was there temporarily anyway, so why waste our time, uh, Mr. Matthews or Dr. Matthews, uh, with your um, inability to and incompetence in running a school district? Obviously, you had, a, you had an opportunity here to really uh, take a stand against the sexualization of our kids and all the other nonsense that's going on in our school, and you chose to to uh, take the side of sexualization of our children. You are um, a not a, a trusted adult. And I'm gonna go ahead and, and uh, through this show, show you why um, he does not belong in our school district and uh, why he should resign. And so I'm gonna need your patience though, because we're gonna have to go through some videos of some parents' uh, speeches that are very important that you listen to and then understand why not only he needed to take a stand, but other employees within the Placentia Yorba Unified School District who also um, have decided that it is up to them to, to even more sexualize our children at the school. So um, I, I do want to make sure and address uh, another really important thing in regard to vote PYL vote. Not only did uh, Todd Frazier um, get voted in, here's his picture with his family. There he is in the center. He got sworn in on December 13th onto the school board. There's his nameplate. Uh, so proud of that nameplate. Not that I really had anything to do with it other than he, I interviewed him on my show. Um, but i um, just so proud of the uh, selection that we made as parents to get him um, uh, to not only uh, get elected, but to run. <laughs> and that he uh, he took on the challenge and now is sitting in the, in the, in the seat of uh, uh, took the place of somebody who, who's spent far too many decades in that seat. And uh, we are in the position we are currently because of uh, we didn't get her out soon enough and we we still need to get um, uh, Carrie Buck out of the out of her seat but we have to wait another four years to do that um, the uh, the other part I wanted to share with you is that uh, the other people that got interviewed on vote PYL vote and the California Parent Alliance is uh, Madison uh, Minor she was elected to the Orange Unified School District and Sonia Shaw another one oh my gosh she was running against somebody probably as bad, if not worse, than uh, Carrie Buck and Freeman put together. 
uh, and she defeated that woman. And 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 both, and I, well, all three, all three of the the candidates I just mentioned had a strong support of uh, teachers unions and took tens of thousands of dollars uh, from the teachers unions in in in, uh, in an effort to try to uh, defeat Sonia Shaw and uh, Madison and Todd Frazier for that matter, and uh, the parents of PYL USD. Uh, OUSD, Orange Unified School, yes, and the um, Chino Valley Unified School District would have nothing of it and uh, and worked hard, uh, knocked on a lot of doors and got these three amazing people um, elected, not to mention other uh, conservatives uh, uh, on the school board. Not not only did Sonia win, but other uh, another um, conservative won, and I think two or three over at Orange. Uh, one, if I'm not mistaken, or it could be the other way around. I'm not sure which way it goes, but I know that a, a number, a large number of them. Uh, the good news, all three of the candidates who uh, chose to be interviewed on my show got elected. And so I don't know <laughs> what that says about the show, or I just got lucky that I picked the three strongest candidates. Uh, but I asked others uh, and they said they would and, and the him and hot and they didn't. Uh, and so here we are today with those three people. All right. So let me get rid of something here so I don't... Um, uh, there we go. Um, and so I'm going to put up this disclaimer first because they're going to be talking about something here in these um, speeches at the public portion of the uh, school board meeting that takes place every uh, month. And if you have not gone yet and you either have a child, a parent, you're the parent of a child that is in the Placentia Yorbalini Unified School District, whether you're a foster uh, parent or a step parent or what have you, uh, you need to be at the school board meetings. Absolutely. If you're a grandparent of any of the children that go do PYL or USD, you need to be at the school board meeting. If you're an aunt or uncle of some child that goes to the PYL USD, you need to be there. If you're the neighbor of a child that goes to PYL USD, you need to be at the school board meetings because you'll see the nonsense that goes on at these school districts. And so I'm going to, again, I'm going to share some videos, but first I want to caution you that there's going to be some explicit sexual content will be discussed. Parents using discretion, parents use discretion, sorry, when playing this video and or audio uh, in the car and driving, and you may want to wait till you get home, but just understand it. I'm not going to play um, the video from last month's um, school district, which prompted the superintendent to say what he said, but just understand that it was very graphic sexual content from a book that was in our, one of our schools at our school district. And I, and I would venture to say that other books uh, that are, if they're not in the library, they have been pushed by uh, a few individual teachers within each one of the schools uh, that are in our school district. Why, how do I know that? Because parents have told me. Uh, and children have told their parents that teachers have done this. Uh, and um, El Dorado, uh, in particular, I know of a couple of teachers that have got up and spoke and said, we need to do more of, of this nonsense. And why are parents so angry about the sexualization of kids? And they, they don't understand why. Uh, but let's first uh, share a couple of videos. They're um, about uh, uh, two minutes long or, or um, less. Um, but I, I'm asking you, uh, to sit through them because I want to I want you to truly understand what is going on in these schools, not just our school, but in many school districts, not only in California, but across the, uh, the United States, um, that this idea that children need more sexual indoctrination is spreading. And we're seeing it in the uh, the, the cross-dressing uh, dance uh, shows that they're they're encouraging children to go to. That that even teachers in um, oh my gosh Claremont um, uh, 
uh, which our old superintendent now is the superintendent, uh, there was a teacher there that uh, hosted an event where uh, uh, um, cross-dressing uh, transvestites were dancing. Um, I believe in shirtless men were uh, dancing in a sexual manner. They encouraged children to drink to have alcohol. There was an open bar apparently. And they were saying, they tell them the kids uh, that had attended that they should have a drink themselves. He ended up uh, resigning, not the superintendent, but the, the teacher that, uh, or no, the school board member who encouraged it and, and hosted it. He eventually resigned, but this is the mantra. He just got caught or he's just in a period of time where people are paying attention and he had to resign in, in, in many school districts. If he was in LA, um, he may not have had to resign. They would have said, oh, my gosh, you, you're gonna, we're going to give you an award. You're going to be teacher of the year. Uh, so uh, that's one other thing I want to mention. We're hearing all the time about these teachers getting awards from the state of Sacramento, from the Board of Education or, or what have you. Um, understand that those awards mean nothing. When they stand up and say, well, this is a, a, a well-awarded um, uh, school board member um, from you know, the Board of Education or the Teachers Union or whatever, uh, understand that what, that what that means is it's code for they are for the indoctrination and sexualization of our children. All right. So I'm going to play a couple of these videos. Uh, hey, Devin, nice to see you. Carrie barely kept her uh, seat. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was so close. So close. Thank you, Devin and Shar. I see your ban is over. Yes. Uh, a couple hours ago it was up. So I decided I went live immediately to see how, see how fast I could get it canceled again. All right. So uh, we're going to play a, a video. Understand that this is a mother who does not want, I, I, I believe did not want to have to come and go public with the sexual attack on her eight or nine-year-old uh, daughter at a school called Glenview, which is in our school district, the Placentia Urban Unified School District. She didn't want to have to do this, the, 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 but she's going to tell you why she had to go public. So listen to all these videos. I, again, I want you to encourage you to stick around. If you can't watch them all now because you're, you're almost home or what have you, watch them later, watch this show later uh, so that you can understand why the superintendent needs to resign today. Well, it's a little late today. Maybe you can do it in the morning. He had turned his, his resignation letter in the morning. But here is the, the, the first video I want to share with you um, with a mother who, again, uh, I believe does not want to be doing this, but she's been forced to do it. Janet Delphine. Good evening, board members. My name is Janet Delphine, and until recently, I was a parent at Placentia Yorba Linda School District. The purpose of my time here is to seek your attention and support for a very disturbing and traumatizing incident that my daughter experienced at Glenview Elementary. A boy at Glenview Elementary sexually assaulted my daughter, who is eight years old. The assault occurred during class time. The boy squeezed my daughter's private area as she was walking back to her seat. The assault was reported by my daughter to me on the evening of October 11th. I immediately engaged her teacher via email the next day, and I engaged the school administrators. I showed up at the school only to have the assistant principal tell me they had no time to talk to me because it was national school day, walk to school day. I stood there with my daughter in tears and in shock at the aloof behavior of the assistant principal. Later that day, I was finally received a phone call to discuss the incident. The school, after an investigation, told me that the story my daughter was telling was inconsistent and that nothing could be done. Further, that my request for re remedial action, which included removal of the boy from the classroom, was denied because of class size restrictions. Request for extra supervision was also denied, alleging that the school already provides supervision. I requested support of payment for counseling to help my daughter, also denied. I request that this board take the time to read the entire file so you can gain awareness of the incident at one of your elementary schools and how poorly it was handled. The investigation looked to discredit the voice of an eight-year-old little girl because her story was inconsistent and with respect to the day and time, 
that it happened. An eight-year-old could not articulate, in her words, the exact date and time this occurred or why she didn't report it sooner, all of which seemed to be expected of an eight-year-old victim. The school indicated that there was nothing they could do because there was no solid proof and the findings were inconclusive due to no witnesses. In the meantime, my daughter continued to attend class where the days after the incident was reported, the teacher continued to sit the boy in the same activity circle as my daughter. This further traumatized my daughter who was coming home scared, ashamed, and confused. So that mother wasn't able to uh, finish um, her statement, so another mother came in uh, to finish the statement. Here it is. My name is Kristen. I'm reading for Janeth. She, her speech deserves to be heard the rest of. After her daughter was ashamed and confused, says, I requested the school at minimum remove the boy or place him in a different cohort while this incident was resolved and that was never done. I want this board to have awareness of the sexual assault of my daughter at Glenview Elementary School. I had no choice but to transfer my daughter to another school district. Worthy of mention is that when I told Glenview I was transferring my daughter, they simply asked me when and what they would, and that they would have her things packed up and ready for me to pick up. At the end, my daughter was sat, has sadly experienced what being a victim with no voices. As educators, you have the responsibility to create a safe environment for every child. You take the responsibility to teach. When you fail to do this, not only do you fail, but you, the entire system fails the child. I assure you that as a mother, I will continue to fight and will be, bring public visibility to what happened to my daughter. I will engage media outlets. I will return to speak before you until the voice of my eight-year-old girl is heard. And you, ha you as the board direct the school to take the necessary steps to evaluate and in investigate this boy's behavior and most importantly, ensure no other child is harmed. He's still in the class. Thank you, thank you for your time and I am happy to answer any questions you may have. So that's a whole statement uh, from the first woman uh, in the video, the first mother, uh, Janet. And um, and uh, as I was, Shar says uh, exactly how we all felt, that uh, her heart broke for this mom. And Florida superintendent said nothing, say something, even just we will look into it and I will get into that. Thank you, Shar. Uh, yes, that was just crickets from the superintendent uh, when he had the opportunity to speak about it. Um, and uh, again, he, he, it's not that he didn't, because quite often after all the parents and whoever else comes up during public statement speak, they don't comment uh, usually ever, uh, unless of course they don't like what they said. And then on occasion they may say something, but, um, um, but what he did was he chose to comment about something that a parent said, but I'm going to tell you why uh, he needs to resign because he chose the wrong parent um, to uh, or the wrong issue in regard to what has been uh, said. Um, that is not all. That's not the only report of a sexual assault uh, at uh, this uh, school and school district. Uh, there was more. Here's another mother who uh, was actually going to speak on something else, but uh, changed her speech once she heard uh, Janet uh, tell her story about what happened with her child and her experience, not only with the school, with, but with the uh, school district. Here she is. Hi, my name is Nicole Avila, and I'm also a parent of three and an educator. I was planning on talking about something else, so I don't have my speech prepared. Um, I, too, have a daughter at Glenview who has been sexually harassed. And um, she was harassed for four months before she came forward and said anything because she was scared of her teacher. Um, that teacher is no longer there. It's not a concern anymore. However, um, she's nine years old. And my husband, too, wants to pull her from the district. Um, she, we had uh, written a letter with uh, nine different offenses on it when I sent it to the um, 
principal and the assistant principal. My daughter feels very comfortable talking to them. Um, we felt most of it had been handled. Most of the boys have now uh, stopped. Um, there was still one particular boy that um, continued. And, um, you know, I, I emailed again. I'm not sure if it's because I emailed, so I have written documentation of all of the incidences. Um, I've also provided, um, you know, witnesses and things like that. So I'm not sure how that played a difference in that. But, um, you know, um, I'm not sure if my incident happened before or after or um, what the situation is, but there's obviously a problem at that school. Um, so I just want to make everybody aware that that's the situation that is happening at that school. Um, there are a lot of boys there that are um, making a lot of inappropriate comments, inappropriate gestures, um, bumping into students inappropriately and moaning. Um, it's very inappropriate. And I think that having, um, not to put politics into it, but exposing the kids to these um, issues in books and things will just bring it about um, you know, much more often, much more frequently with kids that don't have any exposure to that on their own. Um, you know, some parents want to keep their life clean with kids and keep them as innocent for as long as possible. So, um, you know, just being aware of what is placed in our schools, um, exposing them at an earlier age is, um, you know, not good. All right, thank you. Remember, she said, I just want you to remember, keep this in your, on your, um, in your memory about what she said about the books and about the subject matter of, uh, in regard to the uh, content or subject matter that teachers, librarians, coaches, um, other trusted people at the school, a speech therapist uh, may bring into a discussion, uh, whether it's in, because we're here and they're doing it during math, they're doing it during history. Um, uh, my son has told me a, a teacher is bringing in a woke ideology and indoctrination into his U.S. history class over at El Dorado High School. Um, and so understand what she's saying there, that they're, they're bringing in this stuff into the schools, whether it's books or statements or conversations or sharing uh, far too much about their sexual exploits. And, re and I'm talking about the teachers and these other trusted professionals and adults that are in the classroom, that, that was, that's an important thing that she says there. I'm going to talk about that in just one minute. Uh, there's another parent that got up and uh, talked about her concerns about the sexualization of kids in the school. And I want to play that for you now. Stephanie. Um, recently, we saw a board trustee president of Claremont District step down because he was pressured to after hosting a party where there were shirtless men and a dirty Santa while students were involved. Um, it was off campus, but a school event. And yet we allow teachers to assign books in our classrooms that introduce women by their sugary see you next Tuesdays and also talk to them about child rape. We allow books in our libraries that are graphic and would get you thrown out of the district if instead of reading the book with a student, you simply walked up to them and started talking to them about the same subject matter. Or if a teacher showed a video with these same texts put to pictures. I don't know why we want to be these people who introduce these things to our children. I don't know why we want to sexualize our children and then turn the other way when a child is assaulted on our campuses, but it's disgusting and it shouldn't be who anyone wants the PYL to be. Thank you. So yeah, I want you to take all those things into consideration that all these parents said. They had two parents who reported the sexual assault of their children and yet nothing uh, apparently was done. It was ignored, it was pushed aside and, and, and almost in the, in the idea that, well, this is okay, this is what kids do. <laughs> no, no, 
that should not be allowed to, they, they should not be allowed and they should be um, removed from the school. They should be suspended. There should, there's a whole bunch of other, uh, a whole bunch of things that can be done to make sure that these children are, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the incident is addressed and, and there's uh, rules and punishment and, and things that can be done within the school district. Shar brings up a, a great uh, question here about uh, that. She's curious if the first mom who spoke uh, filed a police report uh, when the PD do an investigation. And and uh, Shar, that's a great question um, that comes up and has come up in the times that I brought this up, even around my house. And um, yes, um, they could be involved, but understand that under the age of uh, 13, I believe that would still be the case now, um, is that um, they don't they don't commit crimes. You know, sure, we have, uh, you know, uh, juvenile hall for 14, 15, 16 year olds, 17 year olds um, for, um, you know, shoplifting, burglary, carjacking, that kind of stuff, sexual assaults. Uh, but when you get down to a certain age, especially down to nine, it is um, difficult for law enforcement to be involved. Not that they couldn't, uh, but they should. They could hold the parents accountable. There, there's some things that can be done. Um, but um, uh, the belief would be, I, be I believe, in, in any police department, say, let's get the school involved, uh, counselors involved, and let's see if we can save this child, the assaulter, the one who did the assaulting. Let's try to save them and, and steer them in a different direction and figure out why at such a such a young age. You know, uh, many of you may not know this, but I, I've trained uh, dogs for uh, 30 years, 30 to 40 years, police dogs, uh, protection dogs, detection dogs, that kind of thing, um, and pet dogs. And when I would find a puppy that would act out um, with aggression, you would go, wow, what happened? What happened to this dog? And the the chances of rehabilitating the dog at a young age is pretty easy because they're still young and impressionable. And the thing that has caused them to be aggressive is something that happened early on that is um, a learned or a trained behavior that can be turned around if you can catch it soon enough. Uh, kind of like a cancer. If you catch it soon enough, you can fix it. Um, as, as they become older and become adults, it becomes ingrained in the psyche of many people. And that's why adults who are child molesters, you just simply have to put them away. And I have long felt, um, I'm gonna, I was going to explain this later on, but it was a sex crimes detective over at Anaheim Police Department. Um, and uh, I was with the police department for over two decades um, and investigated sexual assaults, which will come into play in something I'm going to say earlier or later. Uh, and that is, but I wanted to come back to this this thought that there is a young, there's a period of time during a, a human being's young age where things are still malleable or they, we can, we can, we can begin to work on, um, on certain techniques and, and ways to, to change the trajectory of somebody's life. In many cases, sometimes they are simply just broken, but going back to the idea of the, what I was bringing about uh, the aggressive dog. If the dog is really, really young, say maybe even a month or two months old and is already showing signs of aggression, wow, we have some serious mental health issues with that dog. And uh, there may not be any hope because we're seeing something that would not normally be seen um, in a such a young dog. Same thing with a young child. If you're seeing sexual behavior at such a young age, it's very, very unusual. Uh, and, uh, and, and I've studied this, I've been to schools about it. I, I, I've been, I, I've been to, um, sexual assault school, of course, as a, as prior to becoming a detective. And, um, the studies show that very, very unusual that, uh, if it's, um, uh, in a very young person that there's something wrong coming to these statements that were made by all these parents, these mothers, and especially the last one, uh, last two was in relationship to the content 
that is being shown these children at a very young age that is causing them to believe that this is to be normal, that the sexualization, the thought of being able to touch a young girl in her private area or to make moaning sounds, these are learned behaviors from something that they've been taught either through pornography on the internet or through a um, another child in the home or a now we're learning trusted adult at the schools or even Disney movies apparently are beginning to take um, a, a different turn for the sexualization of our children. And you hear people whine and cry and yell and scream. Well, what about the LGBTQ? What about my child who's who's struggling with their gender? Those are two completely different issues. Two completely different issues. Just because your child is struggling with a gender issue, you should also be on the side of, hey, I don't want more sexualization in school, in the school that she attends or he attends, because I'm already dealing with an issue where this child was born a boy, but now they believe they're a girl and they're only seven or eight or nine years old. There's we have so we have a we have a a problem here that. If we can catch it early enough, again, because in many cases, I'm not saying all cases, nobody attacked me, but I'm telling you, based on what I have been trained and investigated and learned through my job as being a trained sex crimes detective, is that these things happen early. And when they're happening early, and it's a continuation as they go from elementary school to middle school to junior um, to uh, high school and then into college that it becomes more and more and more ingrained and we're creating a problem that would not have been created if we would have had simply had a superintendent that would have stood up and said, you know what, we are going to stop the sexualization of our children at this school. Whether uh, Janet or the other parents are telling the truth, not that they're telling the truth, but the child is, is recalling the events in a truthful manner. I, and I, again, I'm not saying that the child is not. I'm just telling you, even if the superintendent, even if the, the principal or vice principal thought that, well, you know what, this it's it really seems impossible this happened, but we need to make sure and address this and make sure and get these things out of our school anyway, because something's happening. Either the victim has learned again that the I can claim that I was sexually attacked. I'm learning these words. I'm learning that these things are happening and could happen to me. And somehow now she has it in her head and it doesn't sound that she learned like she learned it from her mom. And again, I'm just saying, what if, if the possibility is that she's making it up, it got learned from somewhere that got, that's the horrible English, but she learned it from somewhere. If she in fact was uh, assaulted, which I tend to believe because of not only her story, but the other mother's teacher that it is a problem at the stool, school, then the children that are doing the assaulting and the attacking are learning it from somewhere. They're, 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 again, either learning it in the home or they're learning it at school or they're learning it at social media. The one thing that we can control as parents and the school board and the superintendent is that it doesn't, whether or not it's going to happen in the schools or not. And we need it to not happen in the schools. We need to make sure that the one place that we don't look at and cannot look at and it is not happening is in our schools. Because the schools, we believed at one time, and now we're learning that this has been going on again for decades, not only in our school district, but other school district, that this has been happening behind our backs. The teachers have been told that, you know, have been telling the students, don't tell your mom and dad, we're, this is a secret between you and I. Um, if, if you want to be called by a different name, we're, we're not going to tell your parents, we're going to keep it a secret. All these things create an environment that is unhealthy for our children.
period. End of story. So you had these, these parents that came up and said, hey, listen, you, this is going on in our schools. This, is, this happened to my child. This is what happened when I reported it. We were ignored. We were told that there's no way that that possibly happened. We were, we were put off because it was National Happy Day at School Day or whatever it was that that, that day was. What, what's more important? What's more important than a sexual assault on a nine-year-old in a school? There's no day more important. Fourth uh, uh, of July, uh, Christmas. There is no day more important than what happened to my child. You stop everything and you say, "Listen, I, we're going to find people for you to contact. We're going to we're going to make sure that this gets addressed right away. We're going to drop everything until that happens, and then we can go back and take care of what's happening in our school." It took a second to tell this parent to say, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that you're reporting this. And again, whether or not it actually happened is not the point. If I was a police officer and I got called to a sexual assault of a nine-year-old and said, uh, I don't believe that that happened. You, you just need to go back to your life and just forget about it. This boy looks like a fine boy to me. Look at his hair's cut. He's clean. Uh, you just need to, I'm busy. I, I, I got to go to uh, the donut shop and get some coffee. Uh, Starbucks um, is calling my name. Um, you would say, oh my God, what has happened? What, what's going on with our law enforcement? This woman went to the trusted people at the school and said, let's have it. And she was put off and they said, this couldn't happen. And she goes, wait a minute. You mean I have to go public at a school board meeting to getting attention on this thing? And she did. All right. She did. She she got pushed away. She got ignored. This couldn't have happened. Another parent comes up and says, hey, this is a problem at the school. She, apparently that was ignored. It's still, uh, you know, maybe the teacher resigned that it was involved in her, her incident, but it, it, the, the problem's not over. And and look what stands up after some of these, uh, some of these. So these are not in order. And so the, 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 the two, uh, I think one's an employee for sure. I know one's an employee. I'm not sure about the second, whether it's an employee or just a mother, but listen to what uh, after listening to, okay, let me go back to that. As a speak, if you go up and speak, if you're being, if you're going up and speaking, you have to know your audience. That's so the first rule of speaking in front of people is that know your audience, right? Everybody with that, that's ever spoken in front of anybody uh, and gotten any instruction on it. The one thing is that you know your audience and you know the, the, the temperature of the room. And you had a woman, the first speaker of the day was a woman who reported the sexual assault of her child in a school. At that point, if my report or if my speech was going to be on, you know what, I need more sex books in our in our school, I would have probably held on to that and said, you know what, the temperature of the room right now is not um, uh, is not what it should be for me to come up and say that we need more sexual books in our school, um, uh, and and especially when it and when it's an employee. But uh, here we go. So we have an employee. Her name, uh, well, she'll say her name in a minute, but she is a speech therapist for the Century Urban Unified School District. Listen to what she has to say. She knows. Again, she gets up and she knows what she's about to say is wrong and she should not say it and that it shouldn't be happening, but she does it anyway. This is how incompetent these people are that are in our, in our school district including uh, not, not just Dr. Matthews, but this speech therapist who gets up, um, I, I can't, I, for some reason, I can't remember her name now, um, but she's going to get up and she's going to say, you know what? I probably, I feel funny saying what I'm about to say, but uh, we need more sex books in our school. Here she is. Uh, I'll just leave her, I'll leave her to, to give the words that uh, I can't particularly find right now. Hello, I'm Shaney Boone. 
Um, welcome to Todd, and thank you to all of the board members who um, give their time monthly. <laughs> Happy holidays to everybody. Um, God, my heart is racing from this, for these two parents who just spoke. I just am heartbroken to hear those stories, and I almost feel bad even discussing what I was going to say. Um, I wanted to bring up an issue that another parent brought up about having some kind of a committee or a process um, in dealing with library books and how parents can challenge different books that they find in the library. Um, I don't believe in banning books because restricting children's ability to learn about different people um, can restrict uh, and, and cause situations that um, in real life would be an issue. Um, books that represent people in situations that are different from what that child has ever known can teach them empathy. Books can be a gateway for fostering acceptance, empathy, and appreciation for others. Books can provide representation to children who come from or identify with marginalized communities. These communities aren't going anywhere and our children will make better community members if they learn to accept and appreciate all human beings. I understand that some books bring up difficult or uncomfortable topics, but why would we want to insulate our kids from uncomfortable truths? Likely, they will learn them eventually, thank you to social media and the internet. The truth can be hard, but having those tough conversations after our child has read an intense book can be the best teaching moment. So again, I urge the board to consider adopting or coming up with a process for um, library collection and um, when there are challenges against books in our libraries. So thank you. So knowing this that woman um, is a speech therapist and she struggled to get through her speech because the entire time her conscience is telling her that what she is saying is wrong. Nobody, uh, nobody has the ability uh, currently in the position that we are as parents or the school board or the school district to ban a book off of this planet out of um, uh, Amazon. Nobody has the opportunity, but they bring up a word or a statement of we can, I'm against book banning. There are certain books that do not belong in children's libraries in elementary school, junior high and high school. There's books that we don't have. Nobody, if I went over there with a, Hey, I want these, uh, these five hustlers. These are these hustlers and these uh, penthouse and playboy magazines. These are classics. We need to put these in the elementary school because you know, they're, they're going to run into naked women at some point in their day. And they really need to know what that, what that is. No, you would say, <laughs> are you crazy? We're not putting these books in our school. And, and again, they're not banning them. They're just saying these books are not age appropriate for an elementary school, middle school, or high school. This is not what belongs in one of these schools. We need books on US history. We need books that help uh, children understand um, the uh, plate tectonics and um, how, uh, you know, how the sun uh, you know, helps a plant grow and gives the, the, the rays, uh, give the, the plant food and, and water comes up from the ground to um, um, Asia and um, you know, the Middle East and books that, that talk about actual things that will help the children go forward in their life to become a, a, a good employee, to make a living, to be teachers themselves to other, um, to future children. The, the, the things that she's talking about is not related to educating our children how to be acceptable to other people. S simply saying that somebody's gay, it, you can stop there. 
meaning that they have an attraction to same sex. So we don't need to go any further. The books that she wants in there and the one that she's talking about that everybody's in up in arms is in that book, it talks about the sexual acts between two people who are the same sex, whether it's fisting. It, it talks about um, whether it's the same sex or um, opposite sex, talks about how to sext, how to get in the, the in sexting, meaning that they share um, um, words of, sex, of sexual words and content um, to pictures of one another naked, that these books tell them how to do that. That does not belong in a book. And again, it's not banning that book from the existence, but they want to say banning because it sounds like it's a really bad thing, like we're banning a book. No, we're saying that this book that is not banned, that can be found in, in any um, uh, bookstore online, or I'm sure, uh, you know, if there's still a book, bookstore around, it can be found in those bookstores. We just don't think, and we believe, and it, and it does not, not that we don't believe, it does not belong in a school, in a, in a middle school, a, 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 an elementary school, or a high school. That, that when she says um, that, that it's, it, it would be also known as book banning, it is not book banning. It's simply a book that does not belong in our schools. <sighs> Sorry, I get so excited. But uh, it, it, it's, um, it, it's really, it's, she's an employee of the school. And again, I, I I almost want to give her an out. I, I I would I would love for her to say, you know what? She goes, you know, there was something. If she came to the next school board meeting, so you know what? I don't know. I for some reason I thought this was right, but as I was giving the speech, it really felt wrong. And again, you can tell by the way, she's a speech therapist. I'm not a speech therapist. That's why I have, have, have trouble talking. She is a speech therapist. She does that for a living, and she could not get through her speech without stumbling because. I, I, I so badly want to say the Holy Spirit, but I don't want to make this a Christian thing. But there's there's something inside of her that's telling her, oh, my gosh, I don't know that what I'm saying is right. There's certain aspects of what I'm saying is absolutely wrong, um, that um, we don't want to marginalize people. Sure, we don't want to bully them. That's true. We don't want to bully them when somebody's different. But we also don't want the activity of these books, the, the activity that's described in these books of the sexual acts and the encouragement of sexting, as I've shared with you, I've shared with you that the little QR code that the teachers unions have encouraged teachers to give children to show so they can take their phone and go to a website that shows them all the sexual positions, how to how to be in bondage, how to participate in in uh, fisting, how to participate in um, uh, um, uh, autoerotica and all these other things that do not belong in our school. The teachers union has a QR code that encourages teachers to show children so they can scan it with their phone during school time behind the parents' back so that they can find out about those things, that those things need to be not in our schools. It just doesn't belong in our schools, along with the books. Again, that's an employee saying, after listening, did you hear her? She goes, hmm, after listening to those two mobs, I feel almost bad, almost bad, almost bad. You, it's bad enough that you should resign and, and just go to a different profession. You do not belong teaching children. You do not belong in the PYLUSD. Um, Chandri, whatever her name, Morris or Miller, whatever her name was. I'm sorry, I should have wrote it down when she said it. But you, you know who you are. Here's another one. This is, another, this is a parent. 
Um, the first clue that something's wrong is she's wearing a mask. And we all know now because of the studies that have come out, and this is the thing that's probably going to get me banned again on Facebook, is that we have another study come out that say even N95 masks do nothing to stop the virus. But yet here she gets up in, in front of uh, everybody and she just wants to show her woke self. Uh, and, and then again, this is after she's speaking after the parent said my child, my nine-year-old was sexually assaulted in one of the schools in PYLUSD. And this woman gets up and says this. Hi, my name's Reagan Rothery, and I am asking the district to create a uh, committee similar to the DE&I committee that we've got uh, for library collection development and challenges to library books. Uh, I think something that is made of a multitude of parents um, that is a revolving group every year would be an ideal mix. Uh, I understand there are some books in our school libraries that parents do not want their kids to read. Uh, instead of using the logical and far easier practice of not allowing their kids to read them, they instead confiscate that right from all parents by taking books from school libraries and holding them because they don't fit their narrative of what is and is not appropriate. No parent or group of parents has the right to unilaterally and indiscriminately dictate the parameters of acceptable reading materials for students in this district. These people call themselves parents' rights activists, but I too am a parent. I too have rights, and I am not willing to have my rights taken by a minority who is only interested in vilifying stories about people who don't look, act, or sound like them, namely BIPOC and LGBTQIA authors. Thank you. No one has taken away your rights, you numbskull. It's a ridiculous statement. <laughs> it's almost as dumb as the last person's statement in regard to book banning. Nobody's taken away your right. You have all the rights in the world to show your children pornography at home. You can do whatever you want. You can play pornography all day long at your home. You can put it on your phone, on your drive to school. You can talk about sexual positions on your way to school. We don't need to hear your thoughts on your sexual positions that you prefer with your same sex partner or opposite sex partner. Nobody needs to hear that. You have the freedom to do that with your masks on. At the school, there are a number of different religions, uh, racists, atheists. Um, we got devil worshipers. We got them all. But that does not mean that we need to hear about all of their sexual exploits. We don't need to hear about a teacher's ex, uh, a sexual exploit. We don't need it and we don't want it. I know I, I am friends with an atheist. And again, that's why I don't want to make this religious because it's not a religious thing. I am a friends with an atheist who he wants to do a show together with me and he wants to go, oh my gosh, this stuff is all crazy. He's an atheist and he's he, he too. This is not a religious thing. We have Muslims who cannot stand the sexualization of their children in these schools. We have Buddhists who don't like the, the sexual, and we have atheists and Satanists. I think he might even be a Satanist, to the truth. But he doesn't want his children going. He has young girls. He doesn't want them going to school and learning about her sexual exploits and being pushed on other people's children. One last thing I want to say is that we got to understand, too, that the people that are speaking, they, they, they believe that they're speaking, I think the right phrase would be like speaking in a vacuum, that it's just about them. It's just about us who do not want it, and it's just about them who want it. There is a large number of people who do not show up at the school board meetings. If, if I were to say that there's 10,000 kids in the, the school district, I think that that would be a, a fairly close number. If anybody knows how many children actually go to our school, 
<clears throat> let me know if you if you know how many people show up at the school board meeting. Maybe a hundred, maybe one hundred and fifty on a on a on a day where we really are talking about something strong. There are thousands, thousands of other children who go to that school who parents are not engaged. They're not paying attention. And it's for one reason or another, either they're all working hard, which, you know, a good, strong uh, family uh, will often have two, uh, uh, the both parents going to school, going to uh, work and, um, and showing up just in time, maybe to get their kids to school, or maybe they uh, pick their kids up from school and, and also get them to school. Um, or they're walking to school because the parents don't get home until seven or eight o'clock at night. These are the children that we are really destroying. These are the children that are the most vulnerable to learning not only from social media, not only from um, whatever they're allowed to do at home uh, without the parent being involved because they're busy working, but now they're going to school and getting another dose of indoctrination and sexualization simply because the parents are trying to make ends meet. And those are the ones that we also, as the PYLUSD parents who voted in Todd Frazier and voted in Leander Blades and Sean Youngblood, and yes, even Marilyn Anderson, is that we voted them in because you know what? The kids who don't have parents that aren't able to pay attention and, and keep track of what's going on, they don't know what's happening. They really don't know. When we were knocking around, when I know, when I heard, uh, um, when Todd Frazier was running and Rich Ingle were running, there were parents uh, that were out there walking, knocking at doors and would share some of the nonsense that's going on in these schools. And these parents would go, my kid goes to that school. I didn't know this was going on. Did you know that a boy is dressing in the girl's locker room? No, we didn't know that. It is happening at El Dorado, or it was. I don't know if it still is. Um, we have sexual assaults happening at Glenview Elementary. Oh, I'm sure somebody would say, well, I didn't hear about it. No, you didn't. Um, uh, the teachers unions are giving children, giving teachers QR codes so that they can show them to the children in the school so they can go to an LGBTQ site to learn about fisting. What? When did that happen? It's happening. So the parents that are at the school board meetings are fighting not only for their children not to be sexualized, but the tens of thousands of other children that are in, in the school district where the parents simply because of circumstances may not be aware and are not happening. And it's, it's clearly um, an issue that they too, I believe, would have to believe, would not want their children uh, involved in. Um, Char uh, came on, thank you, Char, 24,296 children and she said another website says 23,000. So again, that's more than double of what I thought that if you have again, if you have 24,000 kids going to the school, the the, the kids that are just they're they're struggling with their identity is they're if we were to learn anything about what's happening with TikTok is that in the algorithms if you put in uh, you know some type of uh, search that you're looking for a certain type of video on um, I don't know, makeup that the algorithm that TikTok has created is going to send them more of the stuff that's harmful with the, um, with the response to the search so that it eventually takes them to, to videos about the, the benefits of suicide, the, the, the benefits of, of, uh, identifying as, um, something other than what you are, that the algorithm of TikTok is simply that to destroy not only the children in our community in the United States of America, but families in the United States of America. If you've not heard these stories and, and seen what's happening with the algorithm with TikTok and know and, and, and understand why um, governments uh, are banning it, then it's another story that you're missing right now. 
And so we have children that their parents aren't around. They haven't taken the app off their phone that are, that are watching these things over and over again. And then again, now we have them going to a school that doesn't care. We have teachers and speech therapists and, and people that are their coaches that are asking what their pronouns are and getting them on this way to, to have, make them search more about the things that will cause them to be sexualized. This is really happening in our schools. And we have employees at the PYOUSD who want more of it. They're saying, we don't have enough of it. Don't, don't listen to them when they start their speeches that we, we, need, we need to bring a, a, a group of people together that look at these issues. Because what they did after that is say, we need more of these books. Because we don't want these books taken out. They want to do simply what was going to happen with our federal government currently under this administration, where they were going to be a, 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 a truth czar who is only going to make sure that the truth was their truth not actual truth. This is what they're thinking that they can do. If we were to get enough of the people that think that we need to sexualize our children more on this board, then we will be able to get these books through. Don't, don't let them fool you by thinking that, well, they started off that they want to get a, 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 a committee together to look at these books. Yeah, they want their committee to come together to make sure the books don't get removed. That is what their goal is. So, with all that said, and I'm thank you for sticking around for the 49 minutes it took me to get to this point, but this is, has to do now with the superintendent. And this is where he, he just got done listening to an overwhelming number of, uh, of speeches that had to do with the problem with the sexualization, sexualization of our children, the, the sexual assaults that occurred to these children that the parents were up there talking about, that you had employees who were saying, we need more sexual, sexual books, porno, pornographic books in our, in our school library. And you had a, a superintendent who's listening to it. And you think that if he had critical thinking, if he, if he was not, if he was a competent superintendent looking at how, wow, we have a situation here. We have, we have parents getting up here talking about the, how their children were sexually assaulted. And where, and, and as he's listening to me, well, where are the children learning about this stuff? That, that at, at age nine, eight years old to nine years old, and they're talking about how, the, you know, one parent talked about how, the, you know, there's a large number of boys in the school who are mixing sexual noises and sexual references and go, wow, um, wow, that seems like a problem that, you know, needs to be addressed. And you're in charge. You are the superintendent of schools at the PYLUSD. And then you hear... Two employees get up and say, you know what? We need more books on sex in our schools. And we don't want these books banned. We really need them in our schools. And again, you're sitting there as a critically thinking um, man or woman, it doesn't matter, that you would think, you know, I better say something. Um, as a matter of fact, last month in November, a mob got up and read paragraphs from one of the books that was in your Belinda High School library called This Book is Gay. And I showed you uh, many of the... Um, uh, paragraphs from that book. And I shared it with you on the show. I know many people ignore the show, but I, I, I came on and, and showed you. And you would think that he would put two and two together in, 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 a, in, a, in a normal world, two plus two equals four. But in this world, to Dr. Matthews, two and two equals one, apparently, where he goes, you know what? I'm going to admonish the parents who brought up the sexual stuff and actually pointed it out so that we can hear what's actually going on in our school. She actually had the guts. This woman had the balls to stand up in front of the, the district and the, the school board and say, look at this book. This is what it says. Did, did, when he had the opportunity to speak against 
the sexualization of our kids against what these two of his employees, again, I think maybe one employee, but I, I believe it might be two. Do you think he spoke against the sexualization of kids? No, he said this. And it's on now. Um, <laughs> um, I, I want to begin my report by addressing an important uh, and, and actually difficult issue. Um, at our last board meeting in November, we had an individual uh, address the board in public comments, and the comment contained sexually explicit material in that. Um, and so I just wanted to say that I regretted not trying to stop the comment and redirect it. Um, I don't believe it was appropriate for a, a public forum. As later, I learned that there were children present at the meeting, and I apologize for anyone who was offended by it. Public comment speakers should abide by our civility policy, and that, and although people do have a right to freedom to expression, I want to also extend to the greatest extent possible a safe and harassment-free environment. So, and while our people, uh, members of the public have rights to bring comments and concerns to the board, we do have very appropriate channels where they can address those concerns, beginning with our school site, teachers, staff members, and the principal. Thank you. Now, most of you that are watching the show have common sense. There's a few people that I know that watch this because I, I hear about it later and uh, they write other nasty things um, because they're, they're such tolerant people, is that uh, if you're really not listening to what he said there, you, you need to listen to it again. You need to rewind the show um, and listen to what he said, is that he said that it was inappropriate uh, what was said. Oh, I already I deleted it. Unfortunately, I had it all up here <laughs> and I put it I put it down for some reason. But he said the sexually explicit things that were read were inappropriate and offended people in a business meeting, mostly of adults. There happened to be some kids there. But again, at the, in the end, he says, because there were children present. <laughs> do you, do you think that he did somebody not, did he not read what his own words? Did, did you think, I, I didn't hear, hear him have the same, um, um, reaction that sh I, again, I think her name is Chandri. What, uh, Char, could you put her name up? Chandri, whatever her name was. That she, she speaking through her speech, could, you could tell that what she, she felt that what she was saying was wrong. He did not feel that anything that he was saying was wrong. But he had the gall to say that it was ex sexually explicit, that it was inappropriate. And, and mostly, I, I think, in, in, in his mind, is because there were children present. That's what we've been trying to tell you, you moron, is that these books do not belong in our school. Why? Because they're sexually explicit, they're inappropriate, and they're offensive. And children do not need to be reading these things. And they do not need to be in our school district. Exactly what he said is exactly why they do not belong in our school. They are inappropriate. But yet, yet employees get up and say, we need more of it. And he didn't say that we didn't need more of it. He didn't say to those, those employees, you know what? You know, because of those sexual assault reports, we, we've done a very poor job of policing the sexual exploitation of our students in our school, that these books have no place in our school, that the teachers that support this kind of thing have no place in our school. I mean, he could have said a number of things. He just could have said, Hey, listen, uh, we're, we need to look at what's happening here because we have we have parents that are saying that their children are being sexually attacked, attacked, not that they're listening to something. They were physically attacked in a sexual manner. That he, he could have said, hey, we need to really look at what's happening in the school and we're going to address it. That's all he had to say. No, he admonished a parent who had the gall, in his words, in, in our words, he, she had the guts to stand up and read what was actually being 
taught in our schools that he finds sexually explicit and inappropriate, especially because there's children present, and attacked her. He attacked the parent and admonished her and said he wished he would have stopped it sooner. Now, he wished he would have taken her um, uh, freedom of speech away. And nobody's up in arms and saying, oh, he, he wanted to take freedom of speech. We don't think that these books belong in the, in the school, but we're not saying they don't belong in our world. We accept the fact that these horrid things are going to be in our world because we have freedom of speech and we don't ban books. But you have people getting up there and saying, oh, these people want to ban books. That is not what we said. Dr. Matthews, you need to resign. And you need, we don't need you. You are, you were here temporarily. You might as well just move on and go to Claremont or another place where the, this stuff is happening and you can accept it there and make sure that it, more of it happens. But we don't want more of it to happen here. We are um, uh, in the, on the, um, in the position that we want less of it and we want it actually, we want zero of it. I would say we would want a zero tolerance of the sexualization of our children. I, I don't think that we need even to have at this point sex education until we take a whole look at what's going on. Do we really need sex education at this point? We have too much sex education in our schools. We have too much sex education in our, in our social media. We have too much sex education apparently in these homes that these women run that they think, Hey, we need, I, you know, I talk to my children about fisting all the time. We talk about bondage. We talk about sexting that I, I showed my children how to sext. Sure. Go ahead. But I, we, we don't need you teaching my kids how to do it. We don't need you to teach the other tens of thousands of, of children that are in the school district whose parents are paying attention. We need to stop this. And um, this is just the beginning. As as uh, the mother, the first mother, Janet said, is that she's gonna she's gonna go further with this. She's gonna make sure that she go, she finds other um, uh, news outlets that will carry her story and make sure that more people know about it. Um, and I won't stop uh, either. Uh, we need to make sure that um, we get a different superintendent in that position. Uh, we've already got the school board um, in, in, a, in a place where we think that it, it could be uh, in a place where it can make sure that these things don't happen. And, um, and so, uh, again, I'm just uh, saying that, Dr. Matthews, you need to resign. We need to find another superintendent, uh, school board. We need to do a better job at selecting superintendents. I'm not sure how involved the, the school board is in that process, but maybe we need to be more involved. Um, maybe, maybe we need a committee. Uh, parents that will help find that superintendent. I don't know. I don't know how it works, but I'm going to find out. Um, and we just need uh, uh, Dr. Matthews to move on. I hate to even call him doctor. Because how can you have a doctor before your name and, and not critically think about these things when they're happening and be able to respond in a way that actually makes sense? I don't understand. It doesn't, it, it makes no sense whatsoever that we can have such incompetent people running our, um, our political systems, our uh, governments and our school boards. Uh, it, it makes it makes our school districts. It makes no sense. All right, my friends. Uh, thank you for watching. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, Shani Boone is the um, the, the woman's name who um, apparently thinks that we don't have enough of this stuff in our schools. All right, my friends. Thank you, Shar, for watching, and all those other people that are watching. That um, and I know it's tough to comment. Uh, Devon, uh, thank you for uh, chiming in. I really do appreciate that. And uh, all the rest of you, I can see you're watching, but you know, uh, if you're watching, the comments are really what helps push this out a little bit more. Um, I'm shadow banned, of course, and these things don't get out to as many people as they should. So if you're watching, um, if you wouldn't mind commenting and just saying hi, where you're watching from, or maybe, um, you know, whatever that you don't agree would be great. That would be awesome too. Um, and if you're watching the replay, 
uh, please comment. It still helps in the, um, the pushing out of the content so other people can see it. All right, my friends. Um, I appreciate you watching. Appreciate your, um, uh, your time. And I will see you at the next one. Take care. Talk to you later. Bye. Mm-hmm.